And it was in that time that I learned a great deal. I learned a great deal about the process of being human and being spiritual. Up until then, as a child, I was spiritual, and I was in a body. And I knew the limitations, and I didn't like the limitations, but at least I was spirit in the body, experiencing through the body in the world. But all of a sudden, I was beginning to feel more as I grew up that it was my body and that my spirit was just something separate from me that I could experience once in a while, but it was really all about my body now. And I had to redirect and go back into that simplicity of remembering, remembering that I am spirit first. I am spirit first. And that's what this meditation is about. It's about you remembering what you have forgotten. Just as I was forgetting, and I could have forgotten and lived my life a very different way than I'm doing now, I went back into remembering. I remembered what I had forgotten or I was forgetting. And you've heard me say over and over, I can tell you nothing that you don't already know, but I can help you remember what you have forgotten. And that's what this is about. Meditation is about helping you to remember what you have forgotten. Meditation isn't about becoming psychic and clairvoyant and clairaudient and clairsentient. It isn't about being prophetic and going out and helping other people. It isn't about giving guidance to other people and how to live their lives. It's about you remembering the truth of who you are. That's a key here. And it is through the loving through that nature of who you are, that you will begin to remember. And it means that you have to let go of the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body in order to go into the full remembering. And that's what meditation helps us to do. To remember fully the truth of who we are, we have to move into that place of the truth of who we really are. And that means rising above all those elements of the lower self that has caused us confusion and doubt and fear and separation. Separation from the truth of who we are and separation from the truth of all truths, which is God's loving. If we can get that and do that and just sit down in meditation to remember, I just want to remember who I am, Lord. I just want to remember who I am in you, who you are in me. I want to remember. And I want to remember. I want to join once again with that. To remember myself. To reunion myself with you. And then live from there. And that's what it is when we sit every day in meditation and hold our focus here at the seat of the soul. And when I point here, it's really the whole top of this area and beyond. The seat of the soul isn't a little dot in the center of your head somewhere, even though it may be in the beginning. That's maybe what's going to experience. But in truth, the seat of the soul is everywhere that God is. But you have to start at a point inside yourself where you begin to move into that oneness that is everywhere. You know, one of my spiritual teachers told me a long time ago, if you can put a definition on God, that's not God. That's not God. So don't expect to go in and have an experience of God that you can say, oh, wow, now I know. Now I've got the words for it, because that's not God. God is way beyond anything you can imagine, everything that you can think about God, it's not God. God is so much simpler than you might think. And God is so much grander than you could ever imagine. And when you merge into that oneness, there's no words for it. There's only gratitude. Gratitude that you have come home again. And so what I found for myself is when I was experiencing this and beginning to reawaken myself, remembering myself once again into the truth, is I began to go back up and move my attention up here to the seat of the soul. And as I did, eventually I began to merge into that place once again 
where God, the oneness, resides inside of me. And it's there that I began to realize once again the truth of who I am. I am God incarnate in this body having experience so that God can know God's creation fully and that every one of us are just that. And it's an amazing experience to wake up one day inside and know you are the divine essence. You are not this body. When you know that you're not this body and you know it through your experience, not because somebody has said it to you, not because you keep saying it to yourself, but you know that you're not this body, you approach and handle this body a lot differently than before. You honor it, you love it, you appreciate it because, oh my God, it is such a tool, it is such an instrument, it is such an opportunity to live in so that the divine can have the experience it needs to have here. And it is such an opportunity because the body is the means by which we can clear our karma through loving, accepting and forgiving on all the realms and free ourselves of all these lower realms very, very quickly, including the physical. And that's an important factor to remember. We have physical karma and all the way up in every realm between here and soul we have something that we have to bring to balance. That's all that karma is about. We created imbalance, and the Lord of this creation says, hey folks, before you all came in here, everything was just so in balance. It was so in harmony. It was so at peace. There was no disturbance here until you all came here. And then you came down here with all this loving and all this creativity and all this other stuff that you brought here with you into this nothingness, and you began to create a state of imbalance rather than balance. And I'm not going to let you go, folks, until you clean up your act. You've got to bring everything back to balance, or I'm not going to let you go. And so when we are meditating, we are just doing that. That's all we're doing. As we focus our loving on God, we are moving into that loving. And that loving is neutrality. It's not positive or negative. It has no energy at this level of creation. It is only an energy that exists in the realms of spirit, that divine energy that moves the loving in this current of loving, in this movement of God. So as we do this meditation and we focus our loving with God and move into that center where we merge into God, we find this neutrality inside of us. Now, we are finding that neutrality every day we meditate. It's not about it happens when you find God. It's when you are focusing your loving with God and opening to receive God's loving that you move into the neutrality and you begin to live it. And the more you do that, the more all these things that you have done in this creation that have caused the imbalance, this debt that you owe, comes to quiet. The debt's paid. The energy is quieted. And there will be a day when you truly know that you are free of this creation. Not just free of the physical creation, but free of the whole physical universe and all of the realms of this physical creation. There will be a day when you know it, where you stand free in your loving and you know you are truly, truly, truly free. And you might even hear the Lord of this creation come to you and say, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. Get out of here. Well, yeah, he doesn't want you here because you know something and you are doing something and you are living something and you are a demonstration of something that the Lord of this creation does not want all these souls out here that are living in debt, that are living in an imbalanced state, he doesn't want them to know. Oh my God, if they ever figured it out, if they ever came and asked you and you started telling them what to do and how to do it and they started doing it, there might not be anybody else here to worship the Lord of this creation. They all might be doing neutrality and breaking free and going home. So get out of here. I don't want you here anymore. Get out of here, you'll hear. You may hear that one day and jump for joy. Now, 
That doesn't mean you're going to drop the body and go on at that moment. He's just telling you you're no longer welcomed. And do not go into fear when you hear that. Go into gratitude. Go into joy. Go into loving of the Lord of this creation and of all. Because that is the moment where you know that you truly are doing the loving with the Lord and the Lord is loving you. And nothing can stand in your way. Nothing can hold you in bondage. Nothing can cause you separation. Nothing can stop that movement of loving. Because you are that loving. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. And now you are living the living, loving essence of the Lord in a greater way. That's what this practice is about. It's not a mind game. It's not remembering the past. It's not about helping other people. And those are all great actions. There's a lot of fun in it. I've done it all. I know it all. But it isn't finding and loving God. It isn't living in God. It isn't getting your soul liberated. This path is the path of soul liberation. Soul liberation. And it's also called the path of soul transcendence. It's about the soul getting out of this creation, liberating itself, just as I described a moment ago, where the Lord of this creation will come to you one day and say, get out. You're no longer welcomed here. You are liberated. Go. Leave my prison. Leave my jail. That is a moment to stand in that freedom, to stand in that liberation, to be a soul who has truly transcended all these lower realms, dissolved all these lower bodies so that you are only the soul body living in this body, not caught up in emotion, not caught up in the physical, not caught up in imagination, not caught up in the mind, but the soul body living through all these realms into the physical form itself to fulfill itself and be free. And for the soul to transcend these realms is a tremendous action of liberating the soul so that it can really return home back from which it came into the realms of soul and spirit and not have this world ever draw you back down. You know, Brian brought up the story a couple of days ago, maybe a day or two ago, about Jesus walking upon the water and how that has been interpreted over the centuries. But if you go back to when Jesus was talking to his disciples, to his disciples, to those that he initiated, the 12, the 70, and the 500, he shared with them direct truth. But to the 5,000, he said, I speak to them in parables because they are not yet ready. They are not ready, but they need to hear the word so that when the time comes that they are ready, that word will stir inside of them and that they might too be drawn to one who can give them initiation and bring them home to God. So in the sharing of the direct truth, he talked about walking upon the water. But the way he talked about it was this. He said, this creation, that these bodies and all that we are here and this physical creation living in, is the ocean of life. It is a great body of water, the ocean of life. And we live within the confines of this ocean, which is really the void plane and all that has manifested within it. But then he said, beyond that is the great shore and the realms of soul and spirit. And I'm going to take you to the shore now. I'm going to still the waters. I'm going to bring them to peace. All that is disturbed here, that holds you in disturbance here, that holds you in bondage here, I am going to give you the tools by which to quiet that so that there is no more storm. All you have to do is say, be still, be at peace, and it will calm down and the waters will not stir, and the storm will not blow. And 
I will show you how to walk above this creation, to walk above the ocean of life and be truly free, to be a soul liberated, even while you're in the physical form. And he said, and there will be those days when you find yourself through this practice walking above the ocean of life, walking upon the waters and being able to look down and to see all the realms below it, all the illusion, all the energy and disturbance and know that you are separate from it and see it for what it is and not be disturbed by it and not get caught up in it again. But he also said, and I give you a warning. If you look down, if you look back, down into this creation, there's a chance that you're going to get caught up in something and be drawn back down into it. But he said, fear not, because I will reach out and take your hand and lift you back up and walk with you until you can walk upon the surface of this ocean of life and not let it draw you back down. And then you can begin to go higher, higher into soul and higher into spirit and into the oneness. Well, that's where the story of Jesus walking upon the waters, going towards the fishermen in the boat, caught up in this storm, and he walks towards them and he says, be still, and the storm calms down. And they see He's walking upon this water, this ocean, the sea of Galilee. And as he approaches, they're just in amazement. And Peter says, I can do this too, Lord. I can do this. I have faith. I believe I can do this. And he steps out of the boat and begins walking on the water. But very soon after that, he loses his faith. He loses his confidence. He begins to look down and get caught up in the energies down below and he begins to sink. And Jesus takes his hands and lifts him back up above it once again. That's what the spiritual teacher is ever doing. The spiritual teacher is ever with you, lifting you up a little higher, lifting you up a little higher every day, every day. And when you're meditating, it gives the Holy Spirit, which is the teacher, the opportunity to lift you up a little higher above all your fears, all your concerns, all of the world that keeps pulling you back down, it just lifts you up one more time until finally you get above this ocean of life, you learn how to walk upon the ocean of life, and then you begin to get to the shore and walk on higher, higher into the truth. And you will know it in some way. You may see it directly, you may feel it, You may just know it in the knowing of you and you may experience it in your daily life and not have any other experience but your daily life. But you will see that things around you and in you change. Your attitude, your approach, people's attitude is an approach with you, how the world seems to interact with you and you interact with it. It's just different. It's just different. And you seem to have a little bit more of a smile and a laugh, you have more caring and compassion and loving for people, and you seem to be at peace with yourself where maybe you weren't ever before. Maybe that's how you know that you're doing this and it's happening. Don't look for miracles. Don't look for anything. Just do the loving with God and let it all unfold in front of you. It's greater than you can ever imagine. If you keep chasing after what you imagine it to be, well, you may get a little bit of it, but you're never going to get what you really want. But if you can let go of all of that, all your expectation, all your imagination of what this path is really all about, of what we're trying to share with you and what you think we're saying, and just let go of that and just say, Lord, I don't understand a goddamn thing they're saying. But I'm going to turn to you now and say, help me get out of the damned and let me live in the truth. And if you do that, if you'll just turn to God every day and say, God, 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 I love you. I want you. I want to be with you. 
I want you and me. Please, just come. If you invite God in, God will come in. God will not impose God upon you in any way, shape, or form. God has never imposed and never will. But that Holy Spirit, that creative force that created your soul, that is God, is with you right now. Right now. It has been with you since the moment your soul came into creation, and it will be with you until you reabsorb back into God fully. And then there is no need for that Holy Spirit to be with you because you have returned. You are now one with in fullness from which you came, so shall you return. Now the great thing is, for those that are initiated, is the Holy Spirit isn't just with you here, but the Holy Spirit now is anchored inside of you because you have allowed God's presence in through the initiation to receive the keys to the kingdom. That sacred name that contained the five parts of the five keys that open the door to each one of the realms that allow you to make your way through those realms freely. And the lords of those levels have to give you permission to go through. You know my name. You know the name of the power of this creation of my level. Come on in and do what you will. And you just love your way through it. And you love your way through the next one. Those five names that make up the one name of God are the keys to the kingdom that Jesus talked about. The kingdom that you have been trapped in, you now have the keys by which to get out of prison. You have been in prison. You have been in bondage. It has been spoken of in so many different ways. Moses talked about it as the bondage. Pharaoh, the Lord of the creation, has held you in bondage in his kingdom. But he came forward with the staff, which is the sacred name. And he gave that power to everyone by which they themselves could walk through the void, walk through that Red Sea or the Reed Sea to the other side, to the soul realm, and stand there free, a liberated soul. This is about you, not you, the body. We aren't here to talk to you about the body, about nutrition, about health, about exercise, about illness, about healing. We're not here for that. We're here for one thing. We love God. And God loves us. And God wants us to help you to remember that you are God too. And that God loves you. And the way to know that is to begin loving God. And in the beginning, you may not believe God. I mean, we have had agnostics and atheists who come in and sit down and they listen to all this and go, oh no, why did you bring me here? <laughs> Turning to the person next to them. You know I don't like this kind of stuff. But when they get up and leave, we actually had one person who came and spent four days in retreat listening to this kind of stuff. But when they got up and left, they went, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know if I believe it, but I'm going to try it. I'm just going to see. And they did. And now they're an initiate, and now they're living it, living it fully. And they still struggle with, I don't believe in God. I don't understand why I'm doing this. But yet every time I focus my loving with God now, something comes back on me and fills me. And I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to call it God, but I'll tell you, I want more. And I'm going to do it, whether it's God or not God. Just begin closing your eyes and going within. And you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to feel anything. Just say, I love you, Lord. I love you, and in loving, I open to receive your loving. If you say that enough, eventually you'll feel something move. You may feel your own loving moving to God. You may feel your loving with God. You may feel God's loving coming in. I don't know what you'll feel. I'm not going to try to define it. But something will move. Something will happen. And you will know it. And you may get up and go, well, that was just my imagination. Oh, my God, have I ever heard that so many times? Well, that was just my imagination. They talk about the imaginational realm all the time. Well, that was just my imagination. And I'll say, well, if that's your imagination and it feels good, then I'd keep doing it. And they do. 
And I still have someone who's an initiate who's been a very good friend of mine for years who became an initiate just a few years ago and still struggles with the fact, well, I don't know if that's really happening or if that's my mind. Is my mind creating it or is that something beyond my mind? He, he says, I don't know that there's anything beyond my mind, but I, I, I think that I'm getting beyond my mind because this is so much more than my mind can comprehend. And I said, don't try to figure it out. He says, well, I've got to. That's how I am. I'm, I'm mental. I have to figure it out. I have to know the principles and the laws and the reasons why and how. And I said, well, go ahead. Try to figure it out. Good luck. And he said, recently he's finally giving up because he's realizing he is above the mind and there's just things he can't understand and, and will never understand. But he's allowing it to happen anyway. And that's the beauty of it. And his life is really changing. So we give direction, we give guidance, we give instruction as to how to maybe start moving on this, but then you've got to play with it. You've got to be playful with God because God is playful. God is laughing all the time. God is so much in joy all the time. And in order for you to have that for yourself, you've got to do that with your meditation. You don't sit down and be rigid with it. You be playful with it. And discover it. Practice it this way. Just as he was saying, first he set up and he tried to do it the way that he was taught by someone. But then eventually he realized, yeah, I've got to do it my way. And my way is better if I sit for a little while and then I lay back a little bit more and then I lay back down and then I maybe turn over. And then he has these wonderful experiences. You've got to find it out your way. And maybe your way is sitting cross-legged in that certain posture, and that makes you focused and and really allow yourself to go into that. And maybe it's another way. But one way that I will ask you to look at is do it in a way where you are not looking in the world. You do not have your eyes open. You are not focusing on the outer. That you are closing your eyes and holding your attention inside in some form, in some action. Because it's inside that God dwells. That's what has been said throughout time. It is inside. It is not in the world. It is not out there. It is not out there. It is in. So do that for yourself. And then find out how you want to do it from there. We give ideas about the hue or who. I'm starting to say who all the time inside recently, which is interesting or Anahu, or Anahu, or the sacred names. Those are tools by which to wake up into the higher frequencies. Use them for a while and see how they work for you. If they do, keep using them. Don't set them aside, because it'll only take you higher. And if none of this works, keep looking and find what does. This pathway isn't for everyone. We are all in this creation, moving in a direction that our soul needs to go. And some is in a different direction than where we're going. And the path that they're taking is serving them to get to where they need to go next. And for those that this is the direction they need to go to get to where what's next, then they are going to find that this works for them. Well, guess what? The next thing for you is God. The next thing for you is soul liberation. The next thing for you is union with God and dwelling in the loving forevermore. That's a good next thing. That's a great next thing. Rather than living in the next thing out there, which is maybe discovering a little bit more about the emotional body or the mental body or the physical body or fear or hatred or anger or love or whatever it might be that is next out in the world, Moving in and moving up, the next thing for you is soul transcendence and soul liberation in God. It's all about God. Everything, everything that everybody is experiencing in the world right now is about God. God waking up to God. And yeah, there's some horrific things happening out there in the world. Horrible things that people do to people, that people do to animals, that people do to themselves, that people are doing to this planet. Horrible things. But that's God doing God. 
And it's God waking up to the fullness of God in all of it. And it may sound strange and crazy that that's possible, but believe me, when you move into this oneness and you see it for what it really is, not just see it, but experience and know it for what it is, to be in God, then you begin to look out there and go, this is all God. God in movement, God in action, and this is all loving. Some of it's misdirected, but it's all loving. And it's just seeking to find the right direction to express and to live again. But it's all God, and it's all loving. When you find that, then there is a peace, there is a calmness, there is a neutrality, and you can move through this valley of shadows in a way you didn't move before. Before, whenever you saw a shadow move, you, oh my God, got panicky, got fearful, kind of ran away, pulled within, tried to hide, don't want it to get me, don't want it to see me, don't want it to find me. But once you have the knowing, you can walk through this valley of shadows and be at peace, be in loving. And you look at the shadows and you just know, oh, just shadows. Just shadows. You know, when you really realize that it's all just shadows, it's easy to walk through. Because shadows are nothing. But another thing to look at is this. Shadows are just a reflection of you. It's just a reflection of you. If you hold your hand out and there's a light shining down, that's just a reflection of what is your body. Well, the shadows that you see and that you're afraid of as you're walking through your life and walking through this valley of shadows, it's just a reflection of you. You're afraid of yourself. You're afraid of your own shadow. <laughs> well, have you ever had that happen? I have. I'll be walking somewhere and all of a sudden I'll see my shadow and I'll, I'll be startled. Or I'll see the image of myself reflected on a window, and I think somebody's there, and I'm going, oh. And I realize, oh, my God, that's just me. Well, that's what you find as you walk through the valley of shadows. Everything that you fear, everything that you sh jump at is you. That's you. You've got to reclaim all that to yourself. Pull all that is, is you back to yourself and just live you, the truth of you, and not get caught up in the reflection of you. Remember, this is a world of reflection. And the way the Lord of this creation controls us is we get caught up in the reflection. We get caught up in the shadows. Forget the shadows. Don't fear the shadows. Just live in the truth. And the shadows go away. You can become such a great light in your life by living the light of your own soul and letting it fill your consciousness and filling your life and filling your creations that there is no shadow to be seen, just your light. And as you walk through the valley of shadows, the shadows disperse because they can't stand in the light. If you are only the light, there is nothing that it can reflect. There is no shadow that is made. It is only your light that exists there. That's something to consider. And I know that some of you are experiencing that now, and I know all of us will experience it however we experience it in time. And then we will be free of time. And we will be free of space when that happens. This is a realm of time and space, of reflection and illusion. It's time now to get free of time, to break away from it, not to live in the rigidity of time controlling you but rather you to stand above this ocean of life that is the realms of time and space and to free yourself of it and to live in the eternal moment of loving. Not living in these moments of the seconds and the minutes and the hours and the days and the months and the years of separation, but in the eternal moment of the one, of loving, of the truth. And be able to look down and go, oh, wow, look at that. Isn't that interesting? Oh, look, there I am 4,500 years ago, and there I am yesterday, and there I am tomorrow. And then all of this, I'm free, and now 
It doesn't even exist. It was only an illusion that I was walking, that I was believing, that I was trapped in. But somewhere in there I got those, that name of God, those keys to the kingdom, and I got free. And I stepped off the hourglass. And there's no more sand of time controlling me. I am in charge of my life now. I am free of that. That's what Brian and I know to be true. And we see you free right now, even though you don't know that you are free. We see it. We see you in the spirit. We see you in the soul that you are, inside right here, that eternal light that is ever shining. We see it as that loving face that is the face of God in all, ever present. That's what you are to us, and that's what we want you to wake up into knowing yourself. That's what this is. So give yourself the opportunity. And if you find that at the end of an hour, at the end of an hour and a half, or the end of five minutes, you just can't sit still anymore, you can't do this anymore, sit longer and give yourself a chance to walk through it, just as I did with the fear. I could have gotten up and just lived the fear the rest of my life. But I was not going to let it happen. I was not going to let something control me and separate me from what I knew to be true. I knew it to be true even though I was forgetting it. And I was feeling separated from it. And I was not going to let it separate me anymore. And you may find that you're going to have to sit through something in your meditation. But believe me, it's just a shadow. It's not true. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just confront it and it'll go away. And if it's a habit controlling you, confront it and it'll go away. It's not real. It's an illusion. It's a control mechanism that you yourself has set up and allowed to control. And you yourself can walk through it and free yourself of it if you'll do it through spirit and loving. It's a struggle in the world, but it's a freedom in the spirit. But you have to walk through it. It's as simple as that. Churchill said, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. Well, I didn't understand that in high school when I heard that the first time. But it was when I walked into the fear and it melted, I realized that's the truth. How did he know that? Did he do this? Well, he never said that I know of. I've never heard the story of how he knew that. But he knew that. And that's what kept him going. What is the story that is going to demonstrate to you in your life that fear is nothing to be afraid of? The fear is just an illusion. How are you going to find that out for yourself? How are you going to move through that which is separating you from God? Whatever that is that stirs you to get up at the end of five minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it might be, that's what's separating you from God. That is your separation. And you will not know God fully until you confront it all. And God was wise. He said, two and a half hours is a pretty good time. You're going to confront all of that in two and a half hours. Not all of it all at once, but you'll confront the bits and pieces. And if you'll give yourself the two and a half hours, you can get through that and on the other side, and it'll begin to dissolve. It'll begin to melt. It'll begin to lose control of you. And you can stand free on the other side of it and begin to move closer and closer into the oneness with that which you are in God. And it can take that time. I do it today. There are still things that are inside of me that will rise up every once in a while and go, let's just see. Let's just see if we can block him. Let's just see if we can stop him. Let's just see if we can distract him. As long as you're in the world, the Lord of this creation can tempt you, can tease you, can prod you. As long as you're in this creation. That's why meditating every day is very important because, yeah, you can wake up into the heart of God and you can know yourself to be divine. And you can be in that for a long period of time. But the moment you stop meditating, you're going to start sinking back into the world again. Just as Peter did. You're going to sink into that ocean of life.
That's just a natural process to get caught back up in because you move into forgetfulness. You begin to move into separation from the knowing of that divine place inside of you. It's just a process. And so the Lord of this creation can never come around and say, well, you've done it. You've done it. Oh, my God. You have woken up. You know you're God. You know you're divine. You don't need to meditate anymore. Stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. (laughs) Just give me one more chance. (laughs) That's something to remember. You know, I still meditate. I have been in God. I have lived in God. I know the oneness. I know that which lies beyond God. And I don't want to forget it. So I meditate every day just to keep that pathway open. Because I'll tell you, if you don't keep that pathway open, pretty soon a little bit of dust falls on the pathway, and then a little few pebbles, and then a boulder rolls across it. And before long, you forget that there's even a pathway. And when you do turn around to look for it, it's like, hmm, I know there was a path here. Where would it go? Well, it got all covered up because you didn't keep clearing it with your loving. And the debris of this world just closed it back off again. And now you're right where you started from, maybe. I've seen that happen. I know that can happen. Oh, my God, Jim, now you're telling me I have to meditate for the rest of my life? If I start this pathway, I don't have any choice? Yeah, you have a choice. You have a choice to meditate or not. You have a choice to wake up into God and stay awake. You have a choice to wake up into God and experience that and then go back to sleep. You have a choice to stay asleep and not even wake up. It's up to you. It's really up to you. What do you really want? I'll tell you, if you choose to meditate and you wake up and know God, know God fully, and you live in that loving fully, you will not choose any other thing but to sit down and meditate again and again and again. And maybe two or three times a day just because it really is what you want to maintain. And you want that path not just to be a little path before you, but you want it just as wide as you can make it. And you'll keep sweeping it clean just by loving. As you love God, it all just moves everything aside. And that path can get so wide that eventually... The world can't really get at you too easily because it is so wide. And the boulders may run towards that pathway, but they're either going to be repelled or they'll just move right through it and be dissolved halfway through because they're nothing anyway. And the loving dissolves it all. Loving returns everything back to its own true state. Loving returns you to loving because that's what you are. And loving returns the creations of this world back to its true state. Now, what is that? Well, think about it. This is the realm of the void. Nothing, 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 nothing exists here whatsoever. Nothing. And we came down into the nothingness and we, through loving and creativity that we as the Lord have empowered in us have taken the nothingness and shaped it and said, oh, well, this is a tree and this is a woman and this is a man and this is, ooh, fruit, ooh, an apple, ooh, yes. You know, whatever it is, we created it out of nothing. All of this is God, but it's also nothing. This is the void. This body is part of the void. And it's going to return ashes to ashes, dust to dust, void to void. And so loving, as it goes forward and these boulders and this dust and these karmas come to us, it just dissolves it and it returns back to the nothingness from which it came. That's a key factor here. It's nothing and it's going to return to nothing. It is your soul that is going to return to everything that it is. Loving returns loving to itself, and loving returns nothingness to itself. So what are you afraid of? What's stopping you on your path? What's stopping you in your meditation? It's nothing. It is nothing. Love it, and it dissolves. Just like Harry Potter. When the negativity with this evil force of the world 
was coming at him to kill him, to get the philosopher's stone from him. To protect himself, he put his hands out just to kind of push it back, to hold it back. But the loving dissolved it. It went back into dust. It went back into the nothingness that it came from. That's what we do every time in meditation or in our daily life. We reach out in loving and confront that which is stopping us on this path. Our path of life, not this path of meditation, but our path that is our life. We can dissolve it and turn it back into nothingness instantly just by loving it. Don't struggle with it. Don't fight it. Don't blame it. Love it. Loving, accepting. I accept you just as you are and I love you. Zoop, there it goes. And if it doesn't go away, forgive yourself for holding on to something inside yourself that isn't allowing it to go. You're the creator of it. So creator, forgive yourself for creating it maybe. Forgive yourself for accepting it and living it. Forgive it and inside of you and forgive it out here and say, I forgive you for living in my life. I forgive myself for giving you life that you might have control over me. And now I accept you just as you are and I love you just as you are. And it's going to go, what? And then it'll fall apart. It'll just be gone. And then the other key is, don't recreate it. We're good creators and we're very good recreators. How many times have you been in a relationship and you've gone through the whole relationship and you've separated from the person only to recreate that relationship again somewhere else? Maybe you've married them, divorced them, but only remarried them in a different body and divorced them and remarried them again. Or you draw friends to you and you go, I can't stand this anymore. Get away, go away. I don't want friends. Just leave me alone. And five years later, the same kind of friends, just different bodies are present. And we go, how do I do this? Why do they keep coming to me? It's because we create that for ourselves because those are our lessons. And until we learn them, they're going to keep coming back to us. So then you turn to them and just say, I love you. I accept you. I forgive myself for keep recreating you. I forgive myself for believing in you. I forgive myself for holding on to you. And I let go of you through accepting and forgiving and loving you. Dissolve it. And what stands? You. The loving. The truth of who you are as God. That's what will stand. That's the only true thing in this creation. Nothing else is true. And I can say that, and I know that, and I can say that, and you hope that. I want you to know it. This is a pathway of experience. This isn't a pathway of knowledge, of words, of faith, of belief. I don't want you to have faith and belief in what we say. I don't want you to have faith and, and belief that we will, through the Holy Spirit, be present at the time you take that last breath to take you higher. I want you to know it. I want you to know it. And the only way you're going to know it is to go inside and wake up into the knowing of where that resides in you. You are divine. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. You never left the heart of God. And one day you will wake up Wake up and know that you never left. You have just been living the illusion, walking in a great dream, believing the shadows to be real. But one day you will wake up and you will know you never left and that you've been living in the heart of God and that you have been living the truth of who you are all along, that living, loving essence, moving in the oneness, Moving in that flow, ever being, ever experiencing, ever expressing. And that's what this path is about. All right. I do want to thank you. This has been a remarkable, wonderful experience for myself and for Brian. 
every time we come up here, it just seems like everything moves to a greater depth, a greater level of sharing and experiencing and oneness and movement. And it's wonderful for us to come up here and witness in you how you're living this, how you're waking up to this yourself. It's not just anymore us trying to convince you and trying to wish you into it and hope you into it and and give you the clarity that we can. It's now that it's coming back to us that we're beginning to witness for ourselves that movement, that true movement of the divine. And we are receiving the blessing as we have given it out. Now it's coming back to us and it's just getting greater and greater. And we witness it in your smiles, in your laughter, in your joy, in all of that. Even in your disturbance, in your anger, in your frustration, and misunderstanding, and whatever it is. It's all there because you move that in a way through loving to bring it to clarity, to bring it to quiet. And that's just wonderful. So thank you because you are a living demonstration that what we have shared over the years is true. You are a living demonstration of that. And you know that. That's the beautiful thing of it. No longer are you hoping, wishing, faithing, believing you are doing. You are living. And you are expanding into the greater truth all the time. You are waking up from the great dream and into the truth. So thank you all very much because it's a blessing for me. It's a blessing for Brian. I know it's a blessing for Stephen and Anita. But more than that, it's a blessing for you. Because you are knowing the truth of the divine in you. You're living it. You're not wishing it. You're moving into the oneness of it and not living in separation anymore. So thank you. What a blessing. All right.